Star Wars 7x7 episode 2636. Today we're going to talk about The Edge of Balance Volume 1. This is the manga from Viz Media, written by Shima Shinya and Justina Ireland. Punch it! Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Boyvon and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy. And thank you so much for joining me for it. So here is the deal with the Edge of Balance Volume 1. This is the publisher's summary situation. It says, in the aftermath of the great hyperspace disaster, young Jedi Knight Lily Tora'asi is assigned to help displaced civilians relocate to Banshee, a planet in the Inug system far in the Outer Rim. While balancing the arrival of incoming settlers and teaching the Padawans on their temple outpost, Lily must also confront an attack by the insidious Drengir and, after the events of the Republic Fair, deal with the growing threat of the Nile. But the dangers to Lily and her Padawans are much closer than she thinks. Dun dun dun! Now, we are two weeks out from when this was originally released on September 7th, and thank you very much to the fine folks at Viz Media for sharing a copy with me for me to check out and for me to talk about with you. <laughs> this is very cool. And, you know, I figured two weeks, yeah, we're outside of the window where we you know need to avoid spoilers entirely, but hey, here's the warning just in case. We are in full spoiler territory. The Edge of Balance Volume 1 is a two-part situation. There is the Volume 1 story, and then there's a bonus chapter called The Bansheeans, and we'll talk about that tomorrow on the show. And I'll start with a first takeaway by saying that the story actually does concern itself a lot with the life around the temple and integrating the settlers from this planet that had been devastated by the events of the Great Hyperspace Disaster. They're bringing refugees to Banshee and helping them get oriented on the new planet. So there are chunks of time in the story where we get to watch younglings and Padawans practicing their lightsaber skills and actually having a dialogue with the master of the temple who is Jedi Master Arkoff, who is a Wookiee, which is always exciting. And they take time to have discussions about, for example, the duality of the use of the lightsaber, right? The fact that it is used to both help and to hurt and what that means as far as being a Jedi and how you can wield it and tying into just broader philosophical concepts. And you can kind of even take it further by thinking about the balance between the light side of the Force and the dark side of the Force and how ultimately a Jedi is looking to find balance in their behavior, which of course lines up with the actual title of the darn thing, The Edge of Balance, and the story very much lays those foundations for what will actually happen when the Drengear go crazy. As for our main character, as for Lily, I think my second takeaway is that she is also questioning her you know, place in the Jedi Order, but from a different perspective from, say, what we were talking about just the other day with Anakin in that Obi-Wan and Anakin story, right? When it comes to Lily, what she is dealing with is that you know, she has some ideas, she has some principles that she's holding on to, and she's constantly being challenged throughout this story by Master Arkoff to change her perspective, to broaden her perspective. And there's a moment where she's having a conversation with her Padawan, Kieran, where she talks about how she you know, may be seen as inflexible, but she feels like you know, being rigid allows her to hold on to certain principles and the more that she becomes flexible then she's not really sure you know what she's building her own moral foundation on 
And so as you might imagine, that's how the character is going to grow. Then that's how the story is going to help her grow by challenging her perceptions and challenging her notion of the idea of balance as well. But for Lily and the rest of the Jedi, there is no alternative. They have to destroy the Drengir, which, you know, kind of violates the whole notion of balance. And I think my third takeaway would be the question of balance and whether it can always be maintained. It certainly seems like with the Drenger, balance is not possible. The idea of balance being that you, know, you do the least harm possible to save people if possible, but there are some cases where the only alternative is complete destruction, and that's the case with the Drenger. They cannot be stopped, at least not by any conventional means. Certainly, we saw in the novel Into the Dark by Claudia Gray released back in February that there is a way to put the Drengear to sleep but <laughs> as far as that goes like that's some pretty intense stuff and it required some serious serious Sith firepower to be able to do that so yeah and and that in itself is almost odd like the Sith actually doing something that did the least amount of harm comparatively speaking but then again, I guess you could argue the Drengear themselves kind of violate the notion of balance anyway. So yeah, there's a lot of deep philosophical ideas that are interwoven and underpin the story, which is really a great change of pace. But the seeds of that trouble were planted early, uh, pun intended. <laughs> there's a settler who's arriving on Banshee who is taking you know, very close care of a container, which the you know, person says, oh yeah, I was given these by a friend and they're supposed to have seeds that'll help us start our farm. And yeah, you know, you kind of see that and you get the idea that, oh no, this you know, can't be good because if you knew the publisher's summary advance you knew the Drengear were going to be involved so that should be kind of a, like a big red flag like oh no this is a problem and so the question is whether this Mr. Kuba character is a witting or unwitting accomplice to seeding the Drengear on Banshee and I say that as sort of a fourth takeaway for things because the pace in this story is actually different you know I have to say that I generally have not read manga, and so I'm unfamiliar with the particular style of storytelling, whether it may or may not be different from regular American comic storytelling, so it's possible that I am reacting to it from a place of inexperience in that part, but for me, it did feel like it took a long time for us to get into the action. It's not until the, you know, page 64 out of the 144 and really actually 120 odd before you get into the bonus chapter. But basically it was halfway through the story before we got the Drengear actually arriving and on the attack. And it turns out that the answer is he's an unwitting accomplice, but the Drengear do something different on Banshee than they do in any other place. Instead of actually devouring their victims, they turn them into wood, like people are transformed into wooden statues. And so the folks on Banshee are having to do autopsies to try to understand just what it is that happened. And it may be that just something about Banshee's own environment and climate and how the Drengear, you know, sprung up into action there may have affected the way that they evolved and how they behave and what they do to people, which is kind of a neat idea in and of itself too. 
but there are connections drawn between the Nile and the Drangir because, as I mentioned, the story takes place after the great hyperspace disaster with settlers there, but there are references to the Republic Fair on Valo and the younglings at the temple on Banshee want to go to the fair, but they can't go to the fair because their responsibility is getting these settlers handled and helping them adjust to their new life on Banshee, which you know turns out to be a good thing for them because they are out of the way of the Valo disaster. But Stellan Geos, who is of course the Jedi recently elevated to the Jedi Council, shows up at the very beginning and at the very end of the story and is able to you know, talk about some of the stuff on Valo and share that the Nile and the Drengir had worked together in that way. And so that sort of, I guess, inspires a conversation that the Jedi are having with the Doctor, who was another refugee settler from Banshee, about the autopsy results with the Drangir, and they're wondering whether the Nihil could possibly be somewhere in the system already, which it turns out, dun-dun-dun, they are. And that is the big cliffhanger reveal that an agent of the Nihil is on the planet Banshee and they have some bigger idea, some bigger plan for it, but we don't yet know what it is. It did involve trying to get Master Arkoff off the planet, which they were able to do because after the events of the Republic Fair, the Jedi Council apparently asked Stellan Geos to come get Master Arkoff to go with him for some other mission. And that's you know part of what the Nile wanted to do, but they're also worried that the Jedi are starting to figure out what's going on and Lily has taken over leadership of the temple. So, you know, yeah, they're getting a little nervous and they want to consult with the eye to see what they should be doing next. And that essentially is the deal with volume one of the main story of The Edge of Balance. And yeah, it was a little slow for you know my own taste in developing to where the action and the real conflict was, but what they did in the lead up to it was also very interesting with the you know relationship development between Master Arkoff and Jedi Knight Lily, and also with the Padawan Kirin and the younglings that are at the temple too, and just some of the philosophical philosophical conversations that they have in the process. I, you know, felt that that was definitely interesting and, you know, you wouldn't be able to get to that kind of stuff if you were just straight on the Drangir action and that was it. So, you know, I did like it overall and I'm looking forward to volume two. So that's what I've got for you today. We'll talk about the bonus chapter on tomorrow's episode, but for now, it just remains for me to say thank you so much for joining me for this episode as always. And may the force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Seven is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited, but their respective trademark and copyright holders may the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2021 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.